the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast, everybody's favorite cycling podcast, episode 136, dropping your way, coming your way. I am your host, the almighty Skull Crusher, and along with me are... Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Klaus. <laughs> All right, we have the whole gang here. We have the whole gang here. So uh, we have plenty to talk about uh, because of the Vuelta, of course, and, uh, you know, other random stuff that is going on and happening. So I don't even know where to start if you guys want to... you guys want to talk about the Vuelta first? Well, can I tell you um, briefly about hanging out with Naito's parents? Well, actually, that's what I wanted to say. Like, you just came back from Colombia, and you probably have a ton of stories. And then I'm sure that Natalia has some stories from the racing that she watched this Saturday. Mike and I have zero stories. I, I just came back from Columbia University. Oh, okay. And I was about to say, Mike always has a story because he, he lives near the Hells Angels headquarters. Surely, if he's lacking for stories, we could just make him walk over there and come back 15 minutes later with a story. This is true. This is very Like, true. go knock their motorcycles over like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> See what happens. That's a story. Oh, I speaking don't walk of... down that side of the street just so I don't accidentally do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slightly related to Pee Wee Herman, but not related at all. Uh, Gene Wilder died today. So, in a very respectful way, I would like to actually dedicate this episode to Mr. Gene Wilder, who's given me so many laughs through the years. And all those movies that he had with Richard Pryor were so good and so funny. And He was the original Willy Wonka, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. A movie that I've never seen, nor do I ever want to see. It just looks dumb as hell, but... Anyway. Oh, it's great. No, you should see it. Nah, I'll pass. You know what movie is good, though? Is that movie Unbreakable with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis? I just watched that today again. I hadn't seen it since it came out in, like, I don't know, whatever, 99 or 2000 or something, whenever it was. Anyway, um, yeah, so Gene Wilder is dead, and that sucks. But I, I, he also had Alzheimer's, which, in a way, if it was really advanced Alzheimer's, this may sound incredibly morbid, but I would much. I'm probably happier that he's dead than dealing with advanced Alzheimer's. It's just terrible. Have for you everybody. guys ever known someone? I know this becomes kind of a joke, but have you ever heard someone literally say "old timers" instead of Alzheimer's, like in front of you in person, like you saw it happening, like without joking? Yeah. No, I I, I say that all the time. I say "old timers" instead of Alzheimer's. Oh, my God, because I worked with a person that used to do that years ago, and it, and it came up a couple of times over the course of three years, and it was... Well, can, do you think that maybe they had old-timers, and that's why they didn't remember that they had already <laughs> they said old-timers? They, they were saying it as a joke to... over and over and over again because they couldn't remember. I just wanted to dig a hole and get in it while they were talking. It was awful. Is that as, is that as bad or w- better or worse than when people say, I'm just talking out loud as opposed to thinking out loud? <laughs> that one just gets to me every time somebody goes, oh, I'm just you, talking out loud. We all know we make plenty of mistakes in English. It's just that's a t- I know. I make plenty of mistakes in English too. But when people say talking out loud, they mean thinking. Of course you're talking out loud. That's it. it has to be out loud in order for it to be talking. That's just ridiculous. Maybe they're not whispering. They normally whisper. That's what they mean. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, Klaus. Uh, what's the deal with Nairo's parents? Yeah, come on. Oh, actually, Klaus, 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 Klaus. Hold on. Hold on. Klaus, 
Uh, before you start talking about Naira's parents and stuff, uh, can you tell us, how much can you tell us about your trip to Colombia, why it was, how, how cryptic do you have to keep it, uh, and any other stories about the trip would be good too. A little bit cryptic. <laughs> A little bit cryptic. I know that you have to keep it a little bit cryptic, but... I, I just want to say to everybody, don't worry, is nothing illegal involved. There's You're not, not there, going yes. to be questioned. Nobody's going to go knocking That's, on your door to have you as a witness. No. So, if okay. that was Mike saying that, I would take offense. I'd be like, Mike, why why are you making those jokes about Colombians doing the legal things that have to be cryptic? But because it's Natalia, it's all good. And Natalia is like Anderson Cooper. She's keeping us, she's keeping us honest. Yes. Because she's like, enough of this. Let's get to the topic at hand. Natalia is the Anderson Cooper of cycling. A um, big enforcer. That's yes. Right. Yeah. And you're related, related to Gloria Vanderbilt. No. Uh, the, yeah, I was there to work on a documentary kind of thing. And it'll hopefully be out in late October or something like that. It's something I was helping with. It's not something that I took on uh, all my own. Um, but, yeah, so I think... That's kind of what I was there for. So I was in several places doing a lot of work that probably shaved a couple of years of my lifespan because those days were insanely long and holy mother, I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. But it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, so I got to see a lot of great people. And yeah, one of the, one of the interesting things was uh, getting to interview uh, Nido's parents and going to his childhood home. Um, which was really interesting. A lot of, lot of interesting, cool stories, but that one was a particularly interesting one because, yeah, it was. I arranged it through Dyer, uh, Nido's uh, brother, who also races for Movistar. And, man, their dad is just like this super, I don't know, like fiery character. I don't know how you could, uh, how else you could say it, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he has, he's aware of the fact that the media has sort of misunderstood and mislabeled their family continuously so, and he's super mad about it. Uh, I talked to Dyer about that a little bit in an interview that came out, I think, last month in Pro Cycling uh, magazine. Uh, I, but their dad takes it like to a new level. Um, as far as like them being poor, he takes huge issue with that. And it's something that I'd heard Dyer say before, which is like, you know, in the Colombian countryside, poor implies that you're lazy. And he's like, my children were waking up at two in the morning when they were kids, uh, to help when we had a bakery. Like if you're poor here, it's because you don't want to work. There's always work. And, you know, to anyone that lives in cities, in Europe, whatever, you take away your buildings, all that crap, and what do you have? You have nothing. Here you can take away everything I have, and I know how to feed myself, how to feed my family. No one will ever be hungry. I can build a home. I can do everything for my family. They've, I've always provided for them, and to say otherwise is a huge insult. Another thing that I thought was interesting that he took issue with, and he was this was totally unprompted, and mind you, The end product will prob is not about these subjects, so sadly, none of this will ever be seen, more than likely. <clears throat> But um, he, unprompted, really, really takes issue with Nido and the family being categorized as quote-unquote natives or Indians. Um, and his take on that is, 
first of all, people that use that term see natives as being like savages and uncivilized. So he's like, so no one is saying it as a, as a compliment. And I, in turn, don't see native people in Colombia as uncivilized. They have a beautiful life, and but their life has nothing to do with what we do and what we are here in the Colombian countryside. We're farmers, and we're proud of that. And during that, he got so angry that Naito's mom was kind of tugging at his sleeve and you know touching his hand, like getting him to calm down, and because he was like flying off the handle. And the other one that was really, really interesting um, that he takes issue with, and this was, again, unprompted, it just like came out of nowhere, as Naito did, as we all know, and Colombians tend to. Um, <laughs> he, he says that he has hosted people from the international media, uh, Italian television, French television, and Japanese television are going at the end of this month. And he's like, I welcome them. I ask them all, and it, everyone in Colombia welcomes them. Everyone treats them so well, and I welcome them into my home. So why is it that whenever I go to Europe, I'm treated like garbage? And he's like, no one treats me well. We're not welcome there, except for the fact that maybe because of our son. If people find out that I'm related to Nairo Quintana, then I'm welcome. But aside from that, I'm just Colombian garbage. Like, I'm no one, and I've been consistently treated badly, turned away at hotels that we're staying in. And he, he was just like, I mean, we put a mic on him, and he was just off. Like, Which, so, that'd be awesome to see, because he's all of, like, what, five foot two? He... <laughs> He's very short. He is far more disabled than I realize. His uh, left hip, I think it is, is just completely, completely shot. His left leg uh, doesn't sort of function more or less, so he's, he's quite handicapped. Um, I had but, no idea. man, like, just watching him like stand up and just get angry. Like he's just, yeah, I don't know how else to put it. It's super fiery. And I think you can see that Dyer and Naito absolutely saw that around their house and have to have inherited that. He was still extremely kind, extremely uh, sort of soft-spoken at times. But man, he is just like, there's just something about him. Fascinating, fascinating guy. And, um, yeah, I mean, I actually, I have to admit that I, hearing him talk, I got pretty emotional. I'm not particularly proud of that. <laughs> but um, he was just saying all this stuff about what it's like to be Colombian and traveling abroad and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, like, I just, like, going down to Lutrera in 1984, like, all that crap. I mean, I just got super sappy, and I was just like, oh, man, that was tough. Did he see you cry and slap you around with his cane? <laughs> I, I wish I could totally lie, but I think, I'll just say this. I think he, him and his wife noticed that I was emotional. I'll say that. <laughs> I, th I don't think there was any hiding. I think I was just like... Oh, damn. But yeah, I have, a, I have a question. Yeah. And in light of what you just said, this may not be a fair question, but no, no. How, how has their lives changed since Naito has become this huge star? You know, it's 
interesting because their home is still there on the side of, I think you could call it a major thoroughfare from the city of Boyacá north. Isn't it more? Isn't it more like a like a state route or something like that in the United States? Yeah, but. I mean, you know, I think... It's a two-way highway. By Colombian ish. standards, it's... That's Colombian highway, I'm sorry. Highway. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's yes. Colombian highway. That's, yeah. that's as bad as it goes. No, but yeah, I'm, trying to, I mean, I'm trying to, like, make sure that listeners that don't know what a Colombian highway is understand <laughs> that it's more like a state route. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, a two-way highway that doesn't have necessarily, yeah. like, exit ramps, but, like, you know, you slow down and you... So, yeah, like, state route. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's shops on the side of the road. It's actually, you can find it in Google Street View, and there's now a large uh, mural uh, of Naido on the front and on the side. Someone did these really nice sort of Banksy-style, like, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Murals? When you have a yeah, when you have the cutouts of paper and then you paint over it, whatever, stencil, like... Oh, yeah, like banks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, and as a result, it's it functions as it always did, which is a place for people to stop, get a drink, buy snacks or whatever. So, wait, wait, wait. So, but, but the thing is that their house is two two levels. I just want to explain this, too, because I don't... Yeah, yeah, it's... It's two it's levels, a, and then, yeah, the bottom, the bottom part of it is like a, it's like a convenient, like a small convenience store, like a small... It's, yep. it, it always has been, so... You know, people stop there if they're driving around or if they're, like, riding their bike. So people stop there like you would at, like, a gas station when you're riding here in the U.S. or something like that. Yeah, and the second floor is where they live. It's connected, like, when you're paying at the register, there's a door. And that's the door that goes upstairs to their house. Um, while we were there, I mean, I think probably over 50 people in the course of an hour or so uh, while we were there for the first hour, like setting things up and everything, uh, people were stopping by taking pictures with the mural. Um, people were tweeting out pictures like I'm here at Nido's house or whatever. And in the store, there's a little secondary tiny little window where they sell uh, mugs and things with Nido's face on it or whatever. Like it's the souvenir shop. Is- yeah, yeah. I mean, if you will, of course, by American and European standards, the you know the the, the souvenirs are hardly what you would find in Europe. But th- no, like I don't agree or- with that. Actually, bro, I think if it was in a small town in the middle of nowhere in Belgium, the souvenirs would still be just as cheesy and shitty and just you know kind of charming. At the end of the day, it's not like they're gonna be like what you would find at a at a, at a museum shop or something. Yeah, it's not like fancy. It's not like going to the Barcelona Museum, and you know. Uh, but to answer your question, Mike, and sorry because I'm getting long winded. The only thing I could find in talking to them is that they no longer man the store seven days a week. Um, I feel bad getting into like personal details, but like based on the car that he was driving and things like that, their life is really unchanged. It's just that they are known. People were super respectful. People did want pictures with him. Um, But then it kind of died down, and then he's just standing at the front of the store just greeting people as they come by, and a lot of them are just locals that see him every day. But the fact that it isn't a thoroughfare means that Colombians are going to stop by, and if they see them, they're super excited. So um, 
beyond that, the only thing I can say is that I can only suspect that there's some things that have changed that are not as apparent, which Dyer Quintana got into in an interview that the interview that I did with him, where he said, let, you know, if things come up like people run into him at a shopping center and they're like, hey, uh, my mom's having an operation. Like, could you give me a loan for five thousand dollars? And things weird. Five thousand dollars. I guess it's breast implants. What other what other operation can be that cheap? I don't know, but he said like there's a lot of people asking him for money and things like that, which yeah. you know whatever I'm sure you know happens to all celebrities everywhere. Um, but aside from that, their life remains pretty much unchanged. They're still in the same house, and they still run the store, and yeah. like that's kind of it. Um, the store is sort of managed by Nido's uncle, more so, so they don't oversee day to day operations. But that's kind of about it. They still live there. They have a cat that just kind of hangs out. There's a couple of chickens out back, and that's it. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> a couple of chickens. I love that. Um, I forgot what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but by the way, it's not an Adobe thing as we've <laughs> been through before. It's a nice brick. Yes, it has freaking running water, electricity, <laughs> like everything. Although I did find out that they don't have a TV in there. He was really pissed that the Colombian media has insisted several times they come over and they say, bring out a TV and put it in a stool here so we can tape you watching the Tour de France. And he's like, I don't have a TV in the house. <laughs> so why the hell well, does, do he you want me about, to do that? does he know about Steep Hill? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should have asked him. I'm like, man, do you know like, you I watched, a- I was cycling on my tablet. He doesn't know about the illegal feeds. But, um, yeah, I think that's another thing. Like, I, I think he's just become very weary of, like, even the Colombian media in general because of how the family has been portrayed and stuff like that. Sorry, that was probably way longer. No, 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 that's, that's fine. That's fine. Actually, it's really interesting. And if somebody, if you guys want to see what one of these souvenirs looks like, my brother got me an amazing coffee cup from the Nairo Quintana estate and I uh I Instagrammed it uh, a little bit back a few days ago when I when I got it so it's uh at the skull crusher crusher with a k on Instagram so uh, definitely check it out it is uh funny cute endearing ugly it's <laughs> it's really it's really ridiculous yeah and you know getting there we got held up in traffic for like an hour And I had to walk like half an hour to figure out what the hell was happening on this tiny little road. And the road was closed for a bike race. <laughs> like literally. Oh, well, Sorry to uh, I think, but it might have been like Juvenil or something. It was like a U23 three-day stage race. So I don't think oh, it was okay. full yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. But literally the road that Nido's house is on, because it's near the Alto de something or other. So it's on a, on a peak. If you were with close, it's like, like, yeah. yes, yes, that's it. Like you can't, you can't make that stuff up. So with the car stuck, there are some construction workers and some people there on the side of the road. So they invited us in and we just hung out and ate with them and just like, yeah, we just sat at their house like for 45 minutes while wow. the traffic died down. Who's like, we, who's we, who were you with? 
Well, I mean, like how many people? Or yeah, that's like, classified. No, no, I know. I mean, I mean, how many people in Americans or Europeans or what? Uh, there was a British person, American, and then actually our driver, and then a crew of four Colombian people, production assistants, sound, it's quite a few people. Oh, wow. And likewise, later that day, uh, we went to visit a group of three brothers uh, in Boyacá who live with their grandmother in a, in a tiny little farm. And yeah, I mean, grandma just invited us in for dinner and we just ended up eating there. And it was just, I think especially to the non-Colombians, their minds were kind of blown by the hospitality and kind of the... I don't know. Yeah, I guess hospitality of it all. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I've never invited anybody to eat in my house. You should try it. It's pretty great. Nah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm no boyaka grandma. That's actually pretty cool, Klaus. Like we we talk so much about Quintana now because Quintana, of course, today won the stage at Lagos de Covadonga, and then he's the third Colombian to win at Lagos de Covadonga. And let me see if any of you three knows who the second Colombian that won at Lagos was. I know. And Natalia? I don't know. Well, Luis Herrera obviously won Lagos de Cobalón. Twice. And then, um, and then Nairo today. Mike, do you have any idea? Nope. Klaus? I interviewed him for the blog, Oliverio Rincón. Oliverio Rincón. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Rincón, man. I mean, yeah. Oliverio, claro. Mm-hmm. If you think about it and you're like Nairo Quintana, you're like, holy shit. I'm like one out of three in the last two that did. I mean, Lucioretta, obviously, like, he would be a legend forever. And Oliver Rincon, who's a guy that basically pushed for Colombian cycling to remain what it is now, it, like, it's just, wow. That's just freaking crazy. So, yeah, I think he must. Win today was, was decisive. What's that? Nairo's win today was decisive. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> Although Chris Froome's ability to come back was uh, pretty amazing. Oh, boy. I, I want to talk about that specifically oh. a little bit later. Let, let's just talk about Nido for okay. now. But, let's just um, simmer. Yeah, I simmer think that, that. I think that um, Nido's today, I don't know if you guys heard that Juan Antonio Flecha said something like, whoever gets the red jersey, whoever wears the red jersey at the end of Lagos de Covadonga wins the Vuelta España. And apparently there's numbers to actually prove that. I don't know that right now Quintana has as much time as he needs to in order to be able to keep Froome at bay during the, during the time trial. But if today's Froome like proves anything is that he's not in the best of shapes because it's not that Quintana and, 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 and Contador went like, all crazy, all out, and that's how they dropped him. He he was already dropped before that attack even happened. He was already split into two groups, and he was already losing 30, 35 seconds. So I'm hoping, as a Colombian, Nairo Quintana fan, that is, that that that, that actually means that Froome is not in as good a shape as, uh, as it may seem now that you see the yo-yo effect that he's usually so good at. I'll tell you what else. What else Quintana has? Uh, a great team. I don't know what. A Garmin yeah. where he can where he can swipe. What? <laughs> Did you see him swiping? What? Swiping no. what? He's yes. what? like a Tinder. Like it was a Tinder app. Yes. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, when he was with Contador. Yeah. And I think he talked to the, him and he was like, hey, let's work together here for a little bit, whatever. And he did the right thing. He kind of worked with Contador there for a bit. Oh, yeah, Contador yeah. Not really a threat. He started swiping on his like Garmin thing. I think is he has connected. He has the thing connected to the phone, and maybe he got a message or something. So he yeah, was, or he was tendering. He I was tendering. Dana was did that today, time. and also took selfies going up with people. He was <laughs> he had time for everything today. Well, actually, that brings up something else. Yesterday, something happened, which was that a fan with a Colombian flag, like with five k to go, came up alongside him. And Naito started talking to the guy, not yelling. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, yeah. I, he looked at him. I don't know that he was actually talking to him, but there's a, actually a I photo of it I saw as well. There's a photo somewhere where he's just like looking at him. It was like a like kind of like a chubbier dude. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. that I swear he was talking to him, and I think he was just like, "Hey, maybe you can give me a little space." No, I think I think what he did is he was asking him uh, directions to his parents' house because he heard that the souvenirs were awesome at his house. It's on Google Street View. Just look for it there. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was swiping. He was trying to find the address to like send to the guy. Oh, dude, don't get me started. There's no addresses. Oh yeah, that's right. There is no addresses there. No, because it's if it's outside of a town or a city, there's no address. Place. Kilometers, something, yeah. yeah. And then right. try to find out when they start counting the kilometers. Yeah, 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 that's right. I forgot. If you're not in a town or a city, there is no uh, numbers take. in the houses. And then you ask, you ask for, you know, like yeah, landmarks. Yeah, such and such as house. So I know, I know. If you I know, see this place, then you went too far. And yeah, it's very close. Ask, After you, you see something or other, then it should be three or five minutes and then you're there. Yeah. Call that Colombian yeah. GPS. But when you're on a schedule and you have like a van full of people that are getting paid by the minute. You can't be on a schedule, like, Klaus. You're in Colombia. You can't be on a schedule. I know. And that's why I think Nido was swiping the thing because he was like, what is this GPS thing? I'm used to just asking for directions. <laughs> uh, that's why when you're in Bogota in somebody's house and you call somebody else like, I'm leaving right now. That person on the other side of the telephone hangs up thinking he's going to be here in 25 minutes or three hours. That, that's how wide the window has to be because you never know traffic in Bogota. So, And that's the same thing with how far Chris Froome will be. <laughs> he'll be <laughs> yeah. He'll be 50 he seconds away. four hours and then gain back 355. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, and even before we talk about uh, Christopher Froome, I want some, like, these are, a lot of times the media, it puts so much emphasis on certain writers. You know, the big writers, of course, the Frooms, the Quintanas, you know, whatever. And they just kind of forget about writers that did ridiculous rights. I, I think Michele Scarponi today was amazing. That dude is like 57 years old and he finished sixth in the stage and he basically, I mean, he basically kept up with Froome the whole friggin' time. Omar Fraile was amazing and I wish somebody would teach Cotton Kirby how to pronounce his last name. It's Fraile, not Fraile. Sammy Sanchez, too. Sammy Sanchez, Simon Yates, that dude is like 12 years old. And he did a great, great, great job. Andrew Talansky had a great stage. So just, I just wanted to make sure that those names were actually being, being said. Uh, even Gianluca Brambilla had a good stage as well, even though he kind of like, 
towards the end. <laughs> but uh, but no, and I mean, just just an unbelievable stage in general. And Lagos de Covadonga never, 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 never lets down. Never lets you down. It's such a good friggin' climb. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about Lagos de Covadonga. Mike, what do you have to say about today's stage? So what what I was saying before was that I think what what uh, Quintana has this time, which he's had in the past on paper, but oh, this shit, time that's right. It's really I forgot evident. that you asked. <laughs> Sorry, Valverde. Mm. Yeah, apparently. Well, I mean, Valverde yeah. didn't attack him. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess I he does that. Finally. Couldn't. Yeah. No. I. He I couldn't. I think Alejandro Valverde is going to start to fade. I think he knows that himself. With two, <laughs> no, with, no, with two grand tours on his legs, he's going to start to fade. And he's probably going to try to do whatever he can before he just, you know, slips down the GC, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, look, I, the way I see it is he knows Quintana is doing great, of course. He attacked today, all of that. But he's like, Man, wasn't the tour for you and the Vuelta for me? <laughs> like, I'm second. So, come on. Yeah, somebody's got a phone call. So, Sorry. If, if, wait, what makes you say that Alejandro Valverde was working for Quintana today, though, Mike? I think in general he has been. I just feel like I've seen more Movistar guys together riding the right way than I've seen Sky guys or certainly Tinkoff guys because there's yeah there I don't think I don't think three Tinkoff guys. Yeah, that's ab- true. Absolutely, I agree with Mike on that uh, one. If uh, you see today, all the movie stars were back in the bunch. In, they didn't try to get in the breakaway mm-hmm. and you know like mm-hmm. try to look for something personal. They oh, seem to be actually like riding for. Somebody this yeah. time. To, to me, they've been riding like they're the, leading the race the entire time. I just, I just think that we haven't seen Team Sky uh, do it yet because they haven't really been called up to do. But uh, I mean, another unsung hero is uh, Leopold Koenig has been riding like a beast, just ridiculous. I mean, that's why he finishes like he's in the the top ten somewhere, uh, sixth. In the GC, I mean that guy's been riding really, really well, and he basically was the one that got, um, that got Froome, that carried Froome back up, and got him halfway through his recovery. Same thing with Simon Yates was that's what he did for for Chavez, whose recovery mm-hmm. also was ridiculous because he was dropped right around the same time that Froome was, and he ended up finishing the stage like right up there with all the people, and he ended up losing like a minute or something like that. Um, a minute and two seconds. He 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 finished seventh, right behind Scarponi and Valverde. I mean, that's not that's not bad at all. So I for I, the record, for the record, Leopold Koenig is unemployed. Is he? Yeah, he has no he has no he has place no, to go next year. No team, no. huh? Wow, good. Today for him. should fix that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> wow, maybe a Chinese team will pick him up. Meanwhile, Kunigo's getting an extension. <laughs> <laughs> is Kunigo so, even riding anymore? He is, man. Yes. No shit? Yeah. I thought he had... Well, let me see. How old is uh, Koenig? He was born in 87. I don't know. Somebody do the math. Like 28. Oh, okay, so he's not really that old, huh? Why did I think he was older? 28. It's 2016. That's an easy one. Minus 129. Oh, he's 29. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know about mathematics, dude. Come on. Sorry, Rain Man. 
All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> only only on the number when the last number matches or is one off, can I do the math? Like how many toothpicks are on my desk, Klaus? <laughs> <laughs> Counting cards. Counting cards. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I was actually kind of bummed out when Chavez got dropped, but I was very happy to see him come back and actually um, overtake um, uh, Contador, actually, right before they crossed the line. That was pretty good. He got three seconds on Contador, so that's... I think Contador should start every Grand Tour with a two-minute bonus <laughs> going into... <laughs> Every race I will bet you, if you, tell, if you tell Contador, listen, dude, the next Grand Tour, you're going to start two minutes behind. No. No, no, no. Listen, though. Oh, no, no, no. No. I know, I know. But I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to be. And he'll be like, two minutes behind? No way. No, but we guarantee you will not have any crashes for the first two weeks. <laughs> then he'll be like, all right, sounds good to me. Let's do it. Two minutes sounds good yeah. to me. You might be right. This Man. poor dude. Jesus. Do you realize... How insane it is that Lance Armstrong hardly ever crashed, like ever. Right. <laughs> I mean, look at Contador. The guy can't keep it rubber side down. It's pretty <laughs> crazy. It's nuts. He's a. Uh, he should secure a Kinesio tape sponsor right now because he's. he's no, like, those oh, are I like when he has the okay. red stuff. It looks like blood. It's pretty metal. Yeah. I like it. I, like I thought it. it was like yellow and red, like Spanish uh, flag. But I what think does that stuff even do? You know, it depends on who you ask. I have a friend who, is, all right, uh, uh, a friend, an acquaintance who is who's getting. Uh, he actually, he already got it. A PhD in um, physical therapy and sports therapy, and I asked him about it, and he was like, "Well." It's about 50% of the people it says that it actually helps you like with some muscle this and that or whatever. And then the other 50% thing is just stupid and just worthless marketing ploy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, it's one it of those like things. It like pulls muscles. Yeah, it pulls yeah, your I muscles. Mean, it feels like it would pull your skin and nothing else. Like your muscles are inside That's your the great thing is that it's not super sticky. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So then it doesn't work then. Even it doesn't work. do anything. It, yeah. It's just it's sticky enough. <laughs> All I know is that Trek is probably in the contract with Contador. They have that he's going to have to wear uh, skateboarding knee pads, <laughs> <laughs> and even or even like the shin guards, like a uh, like a uh, catcher in baseball wears. <laughs> the guy wearing, he's going to have to wear the 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 uh, a goalie, a hockey goalie, the whole thing with the helmet and the big huge like gloves and stuff. That's what he has. And the little piece of plexiglass for your throat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that poor dude. Yeah, I feel bad for him. But tell me, it wasn't cool. I mean, I don't know if I'm the only like Contador fan here, but when I saw them both go up and seeing Contador like with you know the just the the typical like Contador like standing up towards like pushing his chest or dancing on the pedals say yeah you know the Contador dancing on the pedals I I got (laughs) excited I was like oh this is awesome it's Contador again like and then it wasn't Contador anymore it lasted like 15 seconds I know so that's like (laughs) the Contador of old is he gone is Contador just done with I think he's I mean if he's not gone physically after this race it'll be gone mentally it must it must be doing his head in I would think so too but then it's doing my head in watching him a lot, <laughs> but a lot of it, it was like it was like watching a Molly Hatchet reunion show and after 30 seconds they're all just winded and have to sit down 
Yes. I love that out of all the bands in the world, you chose Molly Hatchet. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe it's the team. Maybe he's just completely annoyed with the team and that's just kind of gotten him psychologically yeah. this year uh, and maybe next year he will be he'll be better off but then talking about his team Natalia I don't know if when Klaus mentioned Froome and Froome's comeback I don't know exactly where you were going with that so why don't we why don't we talk about that Christopher Froome getting dropped with two guys two sky guys in front of him then being paced and then being paced by one guy and then turning on the moto and Catching up with everybody. I didn't mean the turning on the moto as a euphemism for literal moto. Motor. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Uh, what What did you think about Natalia that made you laugh at them? At that? Laugh at at what? At the at oh, the, it's just this is just I don't know. It's kind of hard to process. Try to understand. Okay, what is going mm. on in here? <laughs> because when he started getting dropped, he immediately started talking through the radio. Yes. So I'm just very curious to understand what was going on. Are they telling him the instructions of how he should go like, up? Chris, or... you have to go real fast now. I don't know, but it wasn't like, it's one of those things that I, I just didn't understand how he was gone. And then, oh, there go, there comes Chris Froome connecting with Contador. And I was like, what? He was 40 seconds down, like 10 seconds ago. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> And same thing happened earlier in the Vuelta when they were going uh, in that insane clam. I think it was Mirador de Esaro or something when they had the crazy 30%. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing. I mean, he was down and then all of a sudden he's back. And I'm like... Okay. That's his thing to do. And it's it's one of those things that, what is he doing? I would like to understand how are they calculating or whatever instructions he is receiving to be able to, you know, like do the linear progression they keep talking about. And then I was thinking, it's like, what if everyone starts to mimic him? This is going to be boring as hell to watch. You know, yeah. if, I think that if, you, just go. Well, if anybody mimics anybody in Team Sky, <laughs> then cycling just be over because they, they, they ride the most boring cycling in the world. Sky in general, because everything is measured just so everything is planned just so. I mean, Chris Froome looking at his power meter constantly to see when he's in the red and when he isn't and stuff. It's just boring. I don't know. Yeah, people so can say whatever they want. Through the radio, they were yelling. The numbers, no. you know, like the powers they, they the pow- he should like aim for. It's like okay, time to yeah. like step it up or step it down or blah blah. blah. And he was yeah, just like constantly pro- yeah. yeah, they probably have a program and they probably looked at it and they're like, all right, you're going to limit your losses here. You're going to ride at this at way. this rate, and yeah, we'll tell you when to turn it up or down or whatever. yeah. I, I you really think so? Do you think that's what they were telling him? Who knows? What do you think they were telling him, Klaus? Jokes. Uh, I think they were telling him like upbeat things, like. <laughs> Like, uh, new frolicking puppies, yeah, or like, uh, what's that Netflix show that everyone's watching? The Stranger whatever. Things, yeah, they're like, it got renewed for season two. <laughs> um, uh, there's mashed potatoes at the hotel tonight. I don't know. Look, no, I, uh, I'll just, just say, Klaus, say just say, no, just I mean, say. look. Christ Almighty! If you watch cycling, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. That's not a knock on Chris Froome; it's just a reality on all cyclists. 
So with that aside, and I don't feel comfortable saying that, there's just a lot of stuff that you see that you're just like, what on earth? Is it amazing? Is it real? I hope it's real. If it is, it's amazing that he's able to do that. And by the way, everyone is doing amazing, weird things all over the freaking place in the sport. So that's neither here nor there. But I, I just, I have never seen someone's ability to, you know, there's that idea of like ride at your own pace and claw your way back. But this is like ride at a weird pace and <laughs> like at hyperspeed get back really, really quickly. It's amazing. It was like it was like he was going in the in hyperspeed, like really like warp speed and then poop. He well, popped out two, next to Contador. There's two things going on. Contador was also going backwards. So no, well, yeah, okay. Mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think Froome definitely did a lot of active recovery, but th there's a lot of guys doing an, an active, like, meltdown, <laughs> and they're going the other way. Yeah, and, and by, seriously, like, whatever I'm saying, like, you can apply to anyone. You can, It's not about doubt, because then people will be like, what about this with Night of Kintat? Whatever, it's all the same. I'm just saying, when you see certain things that look crazy... It gets your attention, not doping, not whatever. I'm just saying you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. And part of Chris Froome is his cadence is so high that right. it looks weird. Well, I can it tell you this. I, I have a question for you regarding that. He has this different uh, crank, you know, like the oval thing. Yeah. But he, he's the only one that has it. Mm. And is it true that he own, he's the only one that actually can use it? It's not something that if somebody else wants to use it, yeah, sure, here it goes. It's something that is like proprietary of Chris. No, no, is that is that them. true or not? No, no, it's a regular thing. Yeah, you can buy them. Yeah, but nobody sure. else rides with them though. But yeah, no. I mean, Wiggins did off and on, but most yeah. people just don't like them. But listen. Um, in Twitter, there was somebody that said, like, obviously he has a motor in his bike, blah, 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 blah. And then, so, so, uh, like, Nairo Quintana, you know, it's always at a disadvantage against Froome because Froome has some engines. And then I was like, if Froome has a motor, what does that say about the guy that finished 30 seconds in front of him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. Just, yeah. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, whatever. That's, that's just weird. Or even if people say, like, oh, he's obviously doping. Well, what does that say about the people that start, that finished in front of him? Um, now, there was a tweet by Roman Kreuziger, and I don't know if any of you guys saw it, that was nope. something like, gosh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was kind of like, Christopher Froome is amazing. Obviously, some people really know how to measure their efforts obviously making also a reference to the fact that his own teammate, Alberto Contador, did exactly the opposite. And people went apeshit. You know, Kreuziger is going to Orica Greenidge, and people are like, Orica Greenidge should fire you right now for being a backstabbing asshole. I even called him an asshole. How do you do that? How do you, like, tweet something against your friggin' team captain? Can I, can I read the tweet to you? Oh, do you have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah, so it's his opinion. I, th I think it's funny, too, that it has, like, 17 periods in between the words and stuff. It's all, like, yeah, so it's total English. What for an intelligent ride from Chris Froome, hat off, not everyone knows his limits. Thumbs up. Mm. End of the tweet. End of the tweet. But the it, thumbs up. The thumbs up makes it nice. Extra yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
And then the thing, though, is that everybody underneath is like, why do you got to do that to Contador? He's your team captain, blah, blah, blah. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> One guy actually told us, no, 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 no. Don't confuse yourself. It's the computer that knows his limits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mean, somebody, actually, somebody, somebody said, uh, forget it, Roman. We all know your limits, and so does the UCI. <laughs> oh. oh <burn. laughs> <laughs> However, I will say this. Kreutziger probably, no, for sure, knows way more about that stuff than anyone who read that tweet. Right. So, uh, you know, no, probably, but wonder, that's the kind of thing that you just you just don't speak out like that against or, or for a writer that is running against your team captain. I mean, imagine if Valverde, totally imagine if Valverde would have said that. What if Valverde would have been like, hey, Chris, great ride today. Come on. My guess is that he feels like it's been an ongoing problem and the team has been talking about it and they've talked to Contador about it many times. Maybe that's been a problem in the last couple of years or something like that. No, you keep it and to yourself, man. You don't tweet. I believe this, I believe this is known as a subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about this before and in baseball people talk about, what is it, Mike? What do you call it when you have a good teammate? He's good at what? He's good at clubhouse what? guy, right? Clubhouse oh, guy. Oh, clubhouse guy. Yeah. Yeah. I and you have I people just, that are good and people that are bad. So, dude, I mean, Roman Kriziger is like, how old is he now? Seventy-five years old, seventy-six years old. <laughs> he just needs to shut the f up. I mean, I I hate to think that a guy like it's just it's just not the right thing. Again, what if like fucking Valverde would have been like. Great job today, Froome. You sure know how to do things the right way. Like, that's just messed up. You just don't do that. <laughs> I'm sure him and Contador have a thing going with Oh, back. of course they do. I'm sure they do. But you keep that to yourself. You don't air the dirty laundry. You don't. But then what's the fun in doing that? Yeah. Nobody knows. Oh, listen. I'm not saying that I didn't love the tweet. I loved it. That's why I replied. It's super fun. Entertain us. Oh, no, I, I, I love it. I'm just telling you that why I, I hate it, but I hope they don't stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real, for real, for real. Uh, this is shaping up to be a pretty good Vuelta just based on the last two stages. But before then, it was kind of like, meh, whatever. I mean, it was nice to see at the, at the Puma, obviously. A lot of crashes before that. Lo yeah, but now it's shaping up pretty good, and I really hope that we have another couple of good weeks for it. But... Um, Natalia, do you by any chance remember who uh, we said who our, our, our favorites were to win? Yep. Because I cannot find a little piece of paper where I wrote it down. So, Klaus picked Quintana, both brain and heart. Okay. Mike picked a contador with his brain. <laughs> and Karok with his head <laughs> and his heart. Is Kradok even racing this thing? I don't no. think he is. No, okay. he's not. That's okay. why it was his heart. Because uh, Mike, Mike, Mike doesn't have a heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. And then, Dan, you picked Chavez for both choices, brain and heart. And heart. I picked, for my brain, I picked Crosswake. Crosswake. Mm -hmm. And my heart was Chavez. So, yeah, last time I didn't like I'm thinking jinxing these poor people in a bad way because last time I picked Contador and there you go he crashed out yeah. 
and Crosswick. He was very have. early, and then I picked the poor Crosswick for this one, and very early, they're like, bye-bye. So Whatever powers you have, don't begin to compare to what Mike is capable of. He picks oh, yeah. people that end up not even getting picked for the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Like, he was going to go, but then like they were winning. like, Mm-mm, no way. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, all right. So the only one that is basically still, uh, you know, on, on his way is Klaus, right? He has Quintana, Quintana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you emailed me when I was in Colombia and I was totally in a completely clueless Colombian high. Like, totally <laughs> blinded by... No pun intended. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Jesus, easy. So racist. No. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, that's what I think. Which, in retrospect, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but... You were thinking right, is what you were thinking. Clearly, until Valverde starts attacking. Yeah, of course. So... Okay. Listen, I, I, there's something that I've been meaning to talk about, and I actually meant to do it at the beginning of the podcast. I hope that people are still listening. I am about to uh, put up a survey online, and actually by the time you listen to this, it will definitely be up. So go to speedmetalcycling.com, and there'll be a link there for a survey, and you can like fill it out if you would. Please, 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 please. I don't ask much from you guys, the listeners. I love you, of course. <laughs> But we don't ask anything of our listeners. Yeah, you're right. Actually, we never ask anything from the listeners. Um, so if you can please go to speedmetalcycling.com, click on that link for the for the survey, fill out the survey, and then at the very end, uh, you can, if you want, because it's completely anonymous, 100%. If you don't want us to know, whatever. And you can say anything. If you hate it, if you used to, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But at the very end, there's uh, in the last question, you can leave us any comments and then you can leave your email address. And if you do, if you leave your email address, then you're entered into the contest to buy, to, to win, rather. Uh, <laughs> I said to buy. You can buy our kit. Uh, no, to win a full speed metal cycling kit when, we, when they get done for next spring. So you can have... Uh, your bibs and your jersey and that whole thing. So, uh, again, it's speedmetalcycling.com. Please, if you're listening to this while you're driving your car, while you're riding your bike, remember when you get back home, it's super It's super quick. It's nothing, it's nothing like outrageously. It's all multiple choice. Americans love multiple choice, just like every freaking test you ever took in high school. Go for it, and please help us out. That way we know a little bit more about you so we can, you know, Tailor the the podcast a little bit better for you guys we'll to totally to enjoy. change our point of view about everything based on that, and it'll now be about how Valverde should be attacking Quintana and should be doing more. Actually, of that. I was thinking that it's actually going to become a soccer podcast instead of cycling, <laughs> a sport that Absolutely. is actually doing well with sponsorship and is exciting and has good good viewership and fan base. Um, no, please, I really, I, I, I would really appreciate it, and so, yeah, go check it out, speedmetalcycling.com once again. So I wanted to get that out of the way before I kept, I kept, I kept forgetting. So, um, what else? I, 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 I said that maybe we could talk about, a little bit about transfers. I don't know if there's anything specifically that you guys want to, you guys want to talk about. Um, I, I have a couple of notes. Okay, shoot. 
Sammy Stanchez got an extension with BMC, which is interesting because a year or two ago he was like on his way out of the sport. Because he's 67 years old. I just did the math. Yeah, he shares a room at the retirement home with Kreuziger. Yep. Shield uh, Bear going to Ethics. I, that was announced, but I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Kunigo got an extension. Miguel Angel Lopez got an extension with Katusha. With Katusha, And yes. Bora is getting like four guys from. Um, Wait, from did you say Miguel Angel Lopez? Got, I'm sorry, because uh, with Astana. Oh, okay. I was like, what? You're going to Katusha? Okay. And Bora got both Sagans, Basca, Bodnar, and like, they just got like a bunch of dudes. Uh, And this is, what's the website that we were looking at? We should give them credit because they compile. Cycling Fever. Oh, Cycling Fever. They do a a great job at everything, pretty much. Uh, They have great for like start lists and everything else. But you know what's what's awesome? The, The rumors they have listed. If you like, for example, they have it now going to the Bahrain. To Bahrain, yeah. Really? And I yeah. wonder where, where a rumor like that so, gets started. That's interesting. But you so know, that actually. Is, that is one that you know, I hadn't. You know, what? when the Klaus. Mike probably knows this better than Klaus. Definitely not, Natalia. You know, when you're in high school and there's like this super hot girl and you really want to date her. But she has the ugly sister. So you know, though, because of her parents, if you go out with a hot si- the hot girl, then you have to hang out with her ugly sister. I think that's how Bora feels about Peter Sagan being the hot girl. Because he knows that whenever he gets it, his brother and Kolar and all these other, like, random Slovaks <laughs> have to go with him. And he's like a posse of ugly ladies hanging out with you. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? That happens to no. me every Thursday. I do not know. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I think he doesn't fun. have those problems yeah no. Mike doesn't have any problems he, he, he gets the yeah. hot girls without any sisters actually no Maria Paola, gets, Maria Paola doesn't yeah. him. Mike resistance, gets the so. why, Mike's Colombian wife to be yeah <laughs> Mike gets Mike gets the hot girl Maria Paola with, his, uh-huh. with, with her twin sister <laughs> but I don't remember the twin sister's name but Ana Maria. Ana Maria. No. What? Tu Marias? Tu Marias? No. Oh, dude, really? My mom? Get creative. Get creative. My, listen, in my mom's family, there's four Marias, all right? So please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Given the choice of naming your daughter after the mother of Christ, Colombians will always take the choice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you not? That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, and Juliana Redondo, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Nipo. Vini Fantini. Nipo Vini mm-hmm. Fantini. Yeah. That's pretty sad. That's like he never went anywhere. The poor little fellow. Has, has, you know has, when, had a puma been confirmed to uh, Orica? No, it's still a no, rumor. It's a rumor. Still, oh, really? It still shows up as yeah. a rumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a rumor. That's a rumor. Which would be a really good rumor to have because now Chavez needs to counterbalance Roman Kreisinger going to Orica. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you know, but one of the things that I noticed looking at this transfers list is last year, uh, Bravo, Bravo Bank announced that they were going to withdraw the support for the Bravo Live team from the women's side. This is a team that has Marianne Vos, Pauline ferran Anna van der Breggen. It's like it's loaded with like talent. And these past two weeks, every single day almost is like a news of somebody leaving the team. So. Oh. Ferran Prevost is going, and I'm just looking here at the rumors, and 
Uh, it's a lot of them. So Lucinda Brand is going, Pauline Ferran Preboin is going, Anna Van der Breggen, Cassia Niwadoma, Talita de Jong, Roxanne Keneteman. So all of them are like big, big, big names. I don't know who is going to be left. It will be like Marianne Voss and I don't know. <laughs> so that's one that is a big from the women's side. You know, like Rowley keeps being dismembered. Who knows? Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if they're just shutting down. No, that's the thing that oh. they announced uh, maybe like a month ago that the sponsors were going to continue providing uh, mm. being the sponsors, but I don't know if maybe they reduce the amount that they are doing and that means that all this talent is just like floating. The interesting part is that it seems that all of them are going to different teams. So it's not that we're going to have this huge you know, like monster, although balls is kind of that, but oh, yeah, it's, yeah. at least it's not going to be like concentrated in just one single thing, but it's kind of Guys, I'm sorry. I have to let you go. Actually, right, we all so, have to. Okay. Go. Yeah, sorry about that. No worries, uh, Klaus. Thank you so much for helping us out, man. And for no, telling no, no. us awesome stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry that I have to go, guys. Keep talking and keep hope alive. Make cycling okay. great again. Make cycling great again. All right, class. Thanks, bro. For sure. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, no, that's that's kind of the big news from the women's side. The Raul Lee is being disbanded. But it's going to continue to exist. I don't know who is going to race in it, but Marianne Vos for now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see who well, else. Also, you know, something else that I just noticed, Ryder Hesedal is retiring. Oh, right. Oh, well, he announced that. He announced that, yeah. He's not that old, is he? No. Huh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a ton of people retiring this year. I'm going to tell you something. I still haven't, I haven't processed the fact that Fabian Cancellara is not going to (laughs) be next year. I'm not going to say that he's like my favorite writer of all times, but I think if I were to do a favorite writer of all times, he would probably be in the top 10 or 15. And he's I'm going to miss his hair. On. I just the, the hair is going to be missed. Oh, man, he's just he's friggin' thighs. What are you talking about? That's, <laughs> that's like <laughs> those thunder ties of his, man. Oh, I, that's gonna be tough. Emma Johansson is also retiring. No, I mean the from the women's side, a lot of nice ones are are leaving. So that's that's sad. Yeah, Emma Johansson is going. And Evelyn Stevens, of course. Evelyn Stevens is going to. So those are yeah. two like biggies there, but we'll see. There, I mean, there are some that are staying. So I'll guess. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Every I'll woman guess. retires at the same time. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice, you know. Like, okay, generation, you know, like renewal or something, and then completely clean slate. <laughs> yeah, <that would laughs> all be new awesome. racers. Everybody new. Single. That would be great. It'd still be. It'll still be unwatchable. I mean. No, I don't. I didn't mean unwatchable. I mean nobody would still watch. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean that it's unwatchable so. now. I mean, just, you know, whatever. Anyway. Whatever. Okay. Mike, do you have anything? Clo- any closing words? I'm so excited for this Bahrain Merida team. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm getting too excited. Because you can't wait <laughs> to see the Bahraini uh, uh, Oleg Tinkov. Some crazy I, I just, it has urban. so much potential. I mean, who knows what the kit is going to look like. The dude looks like a maniac. They're getting some good riders. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I completely agree. Natalia, anything else? Any closing words, comments? 
How much time do I have? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I don't know, a couple minutes. I don't know if you want to know what I talked about. Uh, to his Lapendel in Binghamton. Oh, yeah, tell us. I mean, you like you didn't even tell us the story at all. Why don't you tell us the whole thing? Okay, so I happen to be close to this town where the Chris Theater Memorial Racing was in Binghamton. So it's a race that has been going on for 33 years, I think, and is uh, in memory of this kid that was killed by a drunken driver when he was riding his bicycle. So they have this thing going on to honor his memory and do a campaign of please don't drive while you're drunk and kill people, especially cyclists. So it's part of that. (laughs) Kill other people, just not cyclists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they were, and it's like a crit race pretty much. It's not, uh, it's nothing like out of the extraordinary, but it was pretty cool. So, it is Schlappendel and Diana Peñuela from the United Healthcare team were competing. And it's interesting because what they were doing uh, is just that now the, the women's part of the United Healthcare is kind of on a break. So what they were doing is like a little road trip. And in the road trip, they are just racing crits from town to town. So <laughs> but they are Dude, like awesome. just the two of them on their own. That, that's, the, that's their, like to say, downtime activity. So it was pretty interesting to to see that. So I I happened to meet them uh, after the race was done, and uh, also I met a friend of Mike's that happens to be uh, Mike has friends everywhere. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, I know. It's like what really are the chances? Creepy. But the guy is a real legit uh, photographer. So that was that was pretty neat. So we were just talking with them, and then this is the first time that Iris Schlappendel is actually racing in the U.S. So I asked her, you know, like, what did she think about the country and stuff? So she says, like, it was a cultural shock at the beginning, but she really likes the, the United States. She, she has been driving all over the place. And it's funny because Schlappendel is one that likes aggressive racing. Like, he hates when people is just sitting on the bumps, kind, kind of waiting to see what happens. She likes fast and aggressive racing. So apparently that wasn't the case in one of the races, and she got really, really annoyed with the other team that wasn't doing that so, because it was just her and Diana trying to, like, keep things going. So she tweeted at them, like, I analyzed the race again, and I'm convinced, no, like, I'm now more convinced than ever that only Carbike and I did something in that freaking race, this Ice Corp group did nothing and she just like tweeted directly at them and since then apparently they have been ganging up on her so that's it is right that for you she's such a short fuse when he's in the racing in Qatar earlier this year uh, I saw a picture when she was in the front of the bunch you know like pushing to like uh, pick up the speed a little bit and nobody was helping her and then she just was giving them the finger you know like screaming at them and just giving them the finger so <laughs> she has these little neat reactions on the spot that is just so awesome you know like she just like goes with it so she's really cool she's like really cool and then Diana it was funny because in that crit uh, she has a little bit misunderstanding with an official apparently something came loose on her bike, and whenever she was standing on the pedals to try to sprint, the it was a, a little bit of giving the handlebar and something happened with the wheel, I don't know. So she was talking to the race official to see if she could get a free lap. She think the race official said yes, she went ahead and do it, and what happens? like, no, 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 now you have to chase the group. And of course, not possible. So she was like, 
uh, removed from the group, but it was funny to see the exchange that took place after that happened with the race official that actually like, whistled her out. It was funny because it's like, that guy is going to be crying in no time. You should see the way that she was, you know, like complaining to him, like saying, sir, you totally ruined my day. This is not fair. You know, like, it was just so funny. I was standing there like, I'm just going to cry. And I'm not even, you know, like, <laughs> made me feel so bad. But it was just amazing to see how she, especially because uh, she has only been learning English for, I think, a year and a half now. So just being able to see her trying to articulate her argument in English and making these poppy faces, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome, but it was nice. She was, she was like, oh, by the way, remember, I remember that at some point in the podcast, you guys start talking about Carlos Alzate had a strong, like, cologne, you know, yeah. like that you can smell Alzate coming because of the strong smell. It's not cologne. Diana told me, it's like, no, 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 it's just the deodorant he uses is that strong. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's not cologne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not Cologne. And then, and then Iris jumps in and says, like, he also likes, you know, like, go for rides without the shirt on. It's like shirt, shirtless style. Oh, shirtless. That's Alzate, right there for you. That's it was nice. funny. Funny, 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 funny. <laughs> so, no, they were, like, they were, like, really, really, really nice. They are going to be competing the next uh, series of that is during the labor day weekend yeah and they are going to be in san luis missouri but they this is with the whole the whole the whole group so yeah, you have a chance if you're looking for something to watch just for an hour that, that that'd be good crits are fun i never this is my first time going and watching a crit and yeah it's like track racing on streets <laughs> it's interesting yeah. That's it's exactly interesting what it is actually yeah. Oh, and the other thing that I have to say is that on Wednesday, and this is totally out of the blue, there is a race that is called the Tour de Fjords. And it's not a big race or anything, but the Twitter account is hilarious. Yeah. I followed the race last year just because of the Twitter updates. It is like cracking. It, they were cracking me up. So if you're looking for good humor, you know, like race updates, just pay attention to the Tour de Fjords. Is Hilarious. I can tell you this, though. You can say whatever yeah. you want, but the Norwegian fjords are the most beautiful place on Earth. I fucking love that place. And I, and I hate nature, but those are nice. So, okay. yeah, that's so, um, starts the 31st of August, the Tour of the Fjords. Yeah, awesome Twitter update. Okay. Cool. And I have a question for you to sure. close. I had it on my notes. Do, Do you know how the pet or the animal or whatever that it is they chose for Doha 2016. Do you know the name of that? Have you seen it? No, no, I have not. What is it? The mascot. Cass. Cass, the mascot. There you go. That's the word that I was looking for. Mascot. Thank you, man. <laughs> K-H-A-Z. K-H-A-Z. Now, what type of animal is that? Oh, my God. It's a rabbit. No, not a rabbit. It did the same thing, but it's not a rabbit. It's a capybara. Oh, a it's a hair, a hair. Yeah, a young, but the young Arabian. Oh, hair. young Arabian hair. Obviously, it's, it's young because it's yeah. smiling. It's very happy. Who drew that? A freaking twelve-year-old? <laughs> That's the worst. That looks like it was nineteen seventy-eight. Like the freaking mascot for the nineteen seventy-eight World Cup. Look him up. Is better than that. <laughs> Yeah. Gauchito. That's terrible. Yeah. Jesus Cass, Christ. Cass. 
<laughs> I love his tweets though. It's awesome. It's awesome. For a healthy life, you should have a very healthy breakfast. Make some fruit with some milk. And it is funny. They do the two versions the, in plain English and then, I guess, Arabic. I don't know. It's yeah. hilarious. I'm just going to start retweeting the ones that come in Arabic. That's like, okay. Sounds interesting. For a, for a healthy life, <laughs> move away from Qatar because no. <laughs> women here are not allowed to like speak freely. <laughs> for a healthy life, <laughs> move away from Qatar because <laughs> fill in the blank. I should be every hour on the hour. There should be a reason why you should leave Qatar. Or and, Qatar. Uh, oh yeah, Sorry. but I mean, Qatar is actually. What is the deal with the Eurosport thing for the Vuelta? Uh, like, this program is presented by Qatar 2016 yeah, that, or something like that. Well, I'm sure the Qatar... Uh, Tourism board or whatever gave you know they sponsor Eurosport just like like any other place would so they're just advertising okay. for the thing they I think they want people to go to Doha for the for the worlds because who the hell in friggin' Qatar knows anything about cycling so there's gonna be like ten people standing there it's just it's just weird I don't know the same thing is happening to Formula One and even soccer with the World Cup there and stuff. Be- Organizers are just like, oh, they're gonna give us a shitload of money to hold our event there. So they go, they, they do it without thinking, who the hell is gonna go there? Who can afford to go to Qatar to see a flat friggin' race, a sprint finish that Gaviria is gonna win anyway? Oh my gosh, you just jinxed it. You just jinxed it. Like, come on. <laughs> you take that back right now. You know that guy crashes at the drop of a dime. You just jinxed the whole thing. Come on. Okay. Knocking on wood now. <laughs> on that note, uh, okay. once again, speedmetalcycling.com, go help us out with that um, survey. And yeah, that's it. We're out of here. Peace.